Hey, good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. Coming up this hour, we'll have discussions here with our guests from Pottawatomie County. We'll also hear from Dr. Steve Smethers over at the K State uh, Department of Journalism, AQ Miller School of Journalism. He's going to be actually wearing a different hat here this morning, talking about the Abilene and Smoky Valley Railroad. Announcing their 2022 season dinner train schedule. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll start things off, though, here, as we do on the fourth Thursday of each month with our Pottawatomie County officials. Today, it's uh, Commissioner Greg Riot. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And joining him also on the phone is uh, County Administrator Chad Kinsley. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Brandon. Pleasure to talk to both of you here this morning uh, because it's been a, a whirlwind here the last two weeks. A, a big announcement uh, coming last week uh, from Scorpion Biological uh, Services announcing uh, their major investment here in the Manhattan area on the eastern side of uh, Manhattan in the Green Valley area specifically, uh, building that huge facility. And I know you guys were involved with this and there's a lot of moving parts still to be ironed out, but uh, how exciting is this? This is uh, uh, something we haven't seen really here in the Manhattan area. And uh, Greg, I'll start with you. Oh, I think it's good pretty good deal for our community. Uh, lots of, you know, one of the gentlemen involved in this fight said, really, the work just starts now. And uh, I know that uh, a lot of people with Riley County and Pottawatomie County, State, even, you know, Fort Riley, uh, State, a lot of people put in a lot of time to make this um, tuition. Uh, but, but now, I mean, there's going to be a lot of work to be done to get everything fine-tuned and in place and make sure that we proceed, uh, you know, forward on the right track. And, Chad, I know you're probably in on, on this a little bit here. This is something that doesn't just happen overnight. What was the process like, uh, you know, getting getting these folks out here and, and introducing them to what Pottawatomie County has to offer? Well, the process actually started way before I got involved. And I'd like to quickly thank uh, Darren and Jason from the Jack and Lanny from our Pottawatomie County Town Development. Ron and Jason from the City of Manhattan and all the City and County Commissioners. Uh, really, the Chamber and the Economic Development started on this, I think, back in last June, July. And then I really didn't get involved until about October, November timeframe. And it's just been a lot of me um, narrowing down what kind of incentive package we were. And um, they came, a lot of visits, of course, but really, I would say Baron probably had the most involvement was from the chamber in Manhattan. Well, it's going to transform that uh, area, no doubt, over there in the next several years. It won't happen right away, obviously, because it's going to take some time, but... Uh, I no doubt it's going to put a little bit of pressure on on some entities here to get some things going. But uh, and Greg kind of alluded to that. Now the now the real work gets uh, gets going here. There's a lot of potential for growth here, and we're already seeing. I know Pottawatomie County has been booming here the last several years, but uh, as far as housing is concerned, how much extra pressure does this add on on the county uh, to you know come up with more housing? Well. This this isn't going to happen tonight. I mean, this is this is a process through, and uh, I, you know, I I think again, just to back up the back of what Chad said is, you know, like the county commission, we we didn't have a lot 
at all. The, the you know folks in the background, that, like Chad just mentioned, those are the guys that guys and gals that did all the to work on this project. But uh, you know, same thing, building and stuff like that. A lot of good developers, and um, you know, there's area that uh, people would like to build in. And I again progresses on. There's a lot of things we just have to be paid to work with, and I think you'll see uh, things together pretty nicely. Right now, it's a good opportunity to touch on Highway 4. I know there's a lot of frustration right there. Um, and, you know, that unfortunately comes with growth. Um, hopefully, that will be done pretty soon, and, and we'll see some relief on that. And then as, as it continues to grow, maybe the other things put it continue to aid on that sure well and of course the the one thing a lot of people like to talk about is the the bridge and we could talk about that for sure like a secondary bridge uh, over the big blue but more importantly probably more immediate than that is going to be the extension of excel and i know that's been been discussed in the past uh needing to extend that up to junietta at, at at the minimum uh where where is that at in the process chad is that going to happen within the next year or so um, that's hard to tell. That's basically commissioners to when they want to do it. We've had um, Nathan with Bartlett West. He started the engineering project. But um, that's a, I would say it's a couple, two or three years out, I guess, if I had to guess. Okay. Yeah, I, I, if I remember right, uh, I'm talking to, I think, Pat before, that uh, the right-of-way, is already it already exists, if I'm not mistaken. It, north of uh, Harvest Road, correct? Well, it's not right away. We purchased uh, it was 10 to 11 acres. It's our land. It's not no longer right away. But okay. Yeah, that's oh, Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Appreciate it. Uh, we have a, a phone call here on the line. Uh, Robert uh, is standing by and he has a question about uh, construction, I guess. Go ahead, Robert. Yes, discussing the cor- the uh, Scorpion construction with the professionals across the country. Uh, if Manhattan does an island, uh, take it into the city, Pot County will be responsible for inspection of the construction of the building. And uh, the committee that they've appointed to determine who's going to build the building, if they bring in the uneducated Texans, like a lot of the projects have done, with the uh, vehicles that aren't registered in the county and pay taxes and the things that go on with that, it'll be a major uh, pressure on the county to inspect the work. One of the professional Construction people said that just the inspection will be odious, whatever odious means for the county. Uh, if they can encourage Manhattan to annex the property earlier, that'll shift the inspection over to them for the construction. But you know, there's whole sections of the construction industry that have spent five years training their people in national electric codes or the uh, air conditioning equipment with the different groups and uh, you have a more professional construction 
it's just something for you to think about the pressures that are going to be brought on you with that construction going on. Thank you for your consideration. All right, thanks, Robert. Any response to that, uh, Chad or Greg? Yeah, I'll, I'll have a couple things to say. First of all, it's my impression, my understanding, meetings that if the island annexation does not happen, they won't come here. So that's the first thing I'd like to address. Secondly, um, we do contract up currently with the city of Manhattan for that area. They do all of our inspections. So it still wouldn't be anyone in Pot County doing that. City of Manhattan would be doing that either. But all right. All right. We'll appreciate uh, those comments. And, and it's really not a matter of if, is it? I mean, it's, it's just kind of when this happens with the island annexation. They requested that, correct? Yeah, that was one of their um, requirements was to be city of Manhattan. That has to do with they need a full-time fire station, the reason. Yeah. Or one of the reasons. Sure. Okay. Uh and of course, we, we talked about infrastructure and, and the needs that it's going to bring there. Uh, we had Senator Jerry Moran on last week uh, after this announcement happened, and you know, he said he would certainly uh, be favorable of a, a secondary route over the Big Blue River. Uh, and I know it seems to me in the in the past that was more of a kind of a far fetched idea, but now with this, uh, it seems to be gaining a little bit of momentum, at least uh, in in chatter. What do you think uh, of the possibility of that here going forward in the next uh, several years? Is that is that a real possibility now? But, you know, we need to kind of, to me, we need to look at everything going on. You know, there's a road that goes over there also that, uh, you know, a fellow's only going to gain about I'll buy a bridge. The uh, second thing is <clears throat> the proposed bridge, if you will, <clears throat> is right in the area of and I think that would be, you know, some people we talked to have estimated just guess anywhere from four hundred million dollars. There's also the, you know, twenty four. So I think there's a going on right now. Try to find out who and from, and I think it'll be interesting to see what that brings. Yeah, currently we study going on overall traffic in the area. We preliminary got some numbers back. It's not the final draft yet. To redo the Blue River Run Road is about nine to ten million dollars and cut out curves to make a smooth road. Um, and to do that bridge that's like Greg says is about forty million dollars. Yeah. Um I've been talking with Ron here over there at City of Manhattan, and we're kind of in agreement that we think the next step is to get another study done telling us exactly what would be the best crop before we can move forward instead of all thinking it's a bridge, it's road, or maybe it's somewhere else you thought about. But yeah. that's, where we're, that's where I think, I don't want to speak for Ron, but that, that was my impression of Ron. So that's the next step in the process. Gotcha. Certainly interesting to, to see how that moves here going forward. Uh, we're going to step aside, take our first break of the program, but we'll come back with more with Chad Kinsley and Greg Ryan, Pottawatomie County, here on In Focus News Radio KMAN in a moment. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN here at 922, talking with our guests from 
uh, Pottawatomie County, Greg Riot, uh, County Commissioner, and uh, County Administrator Chad Kinsley. We've um, most have been talking here so far about the uh, Scorpion Project, but there are some other uh, things happening here in the county we'll get into as well. Uh, uh, we talked a little bit about bridges, and uh, I know there's some other bridges where there's been some issues here lately, and uh, one of those is on uh, Oregon Trail Road east of Onega Road. Uh, what happened here? Uh, we got a bridge out? Yeah, it's uh, it's got some structure, and so let's get it in that replaced. Good, good opportunity to bring up, you know, and talk about, uh, you know, the different roads in Manhattan stuff. There is, of course, you know, North Pot County out there that has needs as well. And, you know, the Bellevue River Bridge is something we've been working on really hard. That's an existing structure that's been there for a lot of years and the people have on, people have, have built on. There's a lot of ag industry on that. Um, you know, that's an important project that we're, we're working on really hand-in-hand across the county. Um, you know, we've done a lot of placement up in the uh, county the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, Salzer Road and Elmsley Road is, um, you know, to me, equally as important as, as those roads over there in Manhattan. There definitely needs to be some relief there. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on just besides that area. Um, and then, like I said, I, th- I think it's been pretty good on getting plans addressing it. I know everybody wished it would go a lot faster, uh, including myself, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, time and money. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and so many, so many roads to maintain there. And you mentioned the Bellevue Bridge. I know that that's a, a process here between you and Wabunsee counties, uh, getting that, uh, um, the, the cost there um, ironed out. Somebody, I, I think it was a few weeks ago, we someone brought up the Bellevue Bridge and and just you know weight limits not being adhered to and that. And I know it's kind of on its last legs, but uh, how how long before um, that thing will have to shut down if if uh, things aren't you know improving there soon? Is it in a is it in a really bad situation, Chad, or or what's what's the latest? Yeah, it's in a bad situation. We talked to the engineer to had some more time to put in the bridge grant one more year. They felt we did. I mean, of course, big storm could shut it down tomorrow. I mean, no one actually knows. When they looked at it, it's comfortable that it could last another year. We just put in, well, Albunsi put in the raised grant again. Um, I think it's, it was earlier this month or late in March, and we'll find October timeframe, and that cost on that bridge went up considerably. So instead of it was supposed to be around seven million, it went up to nine point two million. And we increased the contribution this year to seventy thirty, mm-hmm. and it might help us. We didn't have as much contribution as the year before, so we're hoping that helps get that approved. And if it does, our the mass for the project. Two point eight million, and the split between the counties is eighty nine percent and eleven. So we're, we'd be on the hook for two half of that. Well, you talk about a rough time uh, to be in county government with uh, inflation the way it is. This has got to make it really challenging to to do anything uh, at the moment, especially construction, uh, because you you have to project out a little bit and and trying to do that. 
I'm certain this is this has got to be difficult. Oh yeah, still for 50, 75 minutes, ridiculous bridge that cost three hundred last year. I mean, it's going to be four or five hundred thousand. The equipment went up, everything's it's, yeah, kind of out of control, but you just got to work with what you got. Yeah, well, and it's no doubt same similar things. We're seeing this with other things too, like when you go to purchase equipment. I mean, prices are a little different here now than you would have seen a year ago, two years ago as well. And you know, another thing to about it for employees. You know, I county work really good. Chad does a heck of a good job for us and his staff. And uh, you know, again, I always like to take an opportunity to to thank our employees and co-workers uh but a good job up there and we worked really hard the past couple of years it um you know to, to to try to get it like that and and then you get this inflation uh my wife told me a couple of days ago she had to pay over three dollars for a dozen eggs three and a quarter something like that and that that doesn't go very far or, or you know the better pay doesn't go very far when, when gas is 375 and you know groceries are of dang near double. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know there's a lot of other things going on here in the county that you guys are having to deal with. You're getting ready for budget season, and I'm sure that's going to be a a challenge here going forward, as it is for a lot of entities. We're hearing a lot, uh, I know from other government agencies, about pay raises and such. Uh, will, will Pottawatomie County be following suit? Is that something you're uh, discussing here in the early parts, Chad? Well, pay raises. Since I've been at the county for going on eight years, we've been every year. So something a lot of people can't say. Last year we increased it. We were budgeting for a 1.5, 1.5 cola, but with inflation, we ended up doing that to three and a half, I think it was. And with that agreement, one of the commissioners said, well, we give this and we'll not be more than two and a half. going to budget for two and a half and happens all right well it's, it's going to be certainly a, a challenge going forward here mill levies i know you're going to you want to keep your mill levy low as low as you can but with inflation i imagine that's going to be a, a a tough thing to do oh it's really going to be uh, we need to start our department meetings individually next week we're looking forward to that. And yeah like inflation and the cost of everything going up Bill alone almost doubled this year. That's a huge bill to us, so we'll see what happens. Health insurance, everything. And, yeah, we're going to do our best to keep it as low as we can. All right, well, we'll be seeing those discussions happening soon. Greg, anything else you want to add here this morning? We're getting a little short on time here. No, I, you know, I think uh, things overall are looking really pretty bright for the county. We have a lot of good folks helping us and a lot of thanks to everybody that helped on the uh, project in Manhattan and you know we we always look do our best to look at the whole county too all right well we'll look forward to talking to you more here down the road as uh, that project develops and other things continue to flourish in Pottawatomie County thank you so much for the time here Greg Chad appreciate it thank you thanks All right, stick around. We'll uh, have more in focus in a moment. Steve Smethers is going to be stopping by here in studio.
That's up next here on K-Man. We are back here on In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. Joining me in studio here for the rest of the hour, we've got uh, Dr. Steve Smethers, director of the AQ Miller School of Journalism at K-State. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Brandon. How are you today? I'm I'm good. I guess I should say retiring. Well, retiring. Director. Yeah, I think I have like 30 days left on the job or something like that, and I'm now what you call a lame duck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're here to talk about something else, but before we get into that, I, we, I wasn't able to make it to your reception. I was busy last Thursday, but I know it looks like a lot of folks attended. You know something, Brandon, I, and I say this with heartfelt emotion. I mean, that was one of the greatest things that's ever happened, you know, to me. And I, I really appreciate everybody who came and all the, the cards and letters and things like that that I've had. And, you know, it's, I've always said this is probably the best publicized retirement in the history of mankind. <laughs> we broke that story first here on KMAN last fall, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciated that, that, that gathering. It was a really nice group of people. Even the marching band was there. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. That was really cool. And uh, but we're here to talk about that. And obviously, congratulations on that. What a nice career you've had, and and uh, being able to. Well, you're turning seventy this year. Yes. So mm-hmm. you get get to kind of do what you want for the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell everybody I'm 857 years old. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, congrats. It's it's so neat to see that, and um, a lot of folks. I've been touched by you here over the years. Um, you've got uh, another hat that you wear, and that is with the Abilene and Smoky Valley Railroad. And that is a fun little train. If, if you've never experienced it, I, I took my family last year. We met with you. And mm-hmm. uh, what a great little trip that is. You guys are getting ready for your busy season. Yeah, we are. And, you know, I tell everybody now I'm sliding into what happens after retirement, and I'm doing more for the railroad now. Uh, Ross Bowling couldn't be here today. I said, oh, I'll fill in for you. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to tell the, the story of the Abilene and Smoky Valley because it is a wonderful resource in the community. And it's something that began out of real nostalgia that some people in Abilene had for the railroads in America. And uh, they have recreated the era of rail traffic uh, in Kansas and throughout the country by taking over a section of the old Rock Island Railroad that went through Abilene and goes to Enterprise, and then another section of the track goes on down from Enterprise to the city of Woodbine. And uh, it, is a, it is a great, uh, ju- ju- just a great restoration project that's happened in Abilene. Certainly is, and there you get kind of the, you see the history, and the railroad has such a big history here in the state of Kansas, and and I know you're a history Mm -hmm. guy, uh, but uh, people kind of get to live that history a little bit when they go take a trip on there. We call ourselves a living history museum, and that's exactly what we are. Um, our, Our president and general manager, Ross Bowling, says that we are a museum that's 100 feet wide and five and a half miles long, and that's exactly what we are. Um, you know, this, uh, this railroad uh, has, has been a really popular tourist attraction in Abilene. Last year, as the Eisenhower Center was still closed, and uh, there really wasn't a lot of, of tourist traffic in Abilene. We still did over 6,000 passengers. Mm. We drew passengers from 48 states and seven foreign countries. 
as part of our makeup last year. And uh, one of the things you can say about that railroad is its total impact because since the very first trains rolled in, in 1994, the Abilene and Smoky Valley Railroad has uh, attracted over 270,000 passengers. And so it's a nice compliment to the Eisenhower Center. And of course, that's opening again uh, for this tourism season in Abilene. In fact, all of Abilene's five-star museum tour will be open uh, this summer. So there's plenty to see and do in Abilene just in general, and certainly to come over and ride our train. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great way to do it. I mean, I went to the Eisenhower Museum a few years back, and this is, it was in January, so mm-hmm. the train wasn't open. But, you know, I would have done that. But this is a good time of year to do that. Get out there, and if you haven't gone and seen some of the things you want to see in Kansas, uh, that's certainly one of them. And, and Mother's Day is just around the corner, so that's a good opportunity. Yeah, it, it just so happens that the, <laughs> the, that weekend uh, is also our regular opening weekend. In mm-hmm. Abilene, we consider the tourism season to start on the first weekend in May and close uh, on the last weekend in, in October. And so during that six-month period, uh, we will draw thousands and thousands and thousands of people to that little bitty town of 6,500 people in Dickinson County. And one of the things that you can say about the railroad is that when we open, it's going to be a beautiful spring, Mm. and it's going to be a beautiful trip across the Smoky Hill River Valley. All of the the area is planted in, in, uh, it's all farmland, and it's all planted. And uh, it's going to be easier this year to ride the train because we have refurbished the track. In fact, we have work crews over in Abilene right now from a company called Musselman and Hall, uh, based in Kansas City and Wichita. They've been working for the last two weeks to um, go in and put new ties. Now, in the railroad industry, we hold our rails together with wooden ties unless you're really, really rich railroad and you can use concrete ties. But we use, we have brand new ties that we're putting in and it's going to solidify our ride. It's going to make our rails safer. It, it means that our, our trains are, are, are going to be able to accommodate heavier loads. You know, one of the reasons we don't run our steam engine very much is because that's a lot of wear and tear on those old rails. Well, now we have we have the new ties and things like that holding the rails at proper gauge. And that's the first of a two-part refurbishing process. Um, th- this first phase costs about $350,000 to do. And all of that money has been raised locally in Dickinson County. Uh, there is a an organization called the... Um, uh, Community Foundation of Dickinson County that has made generous donations. We've had some really good private donations. There is also a company called the Emory Rail Heritage Trust Fund that gave us a very generous $20,000 contribution towards this. And we've had kind of a private thing going on, too, where people have just been making contributions. So all in all, uh, we have been able to... Um, raise the money, $350,000, to pay for this first phase. We're working on a grant that will pay for the second phase, which means that we go in, we actually have a process of pulling up the rail and going in and working on the roadbed. Now, when Mm -hmm. you brought your kids over last summer, 
and you rode with us. One of the things you probably noticed that the train kind of had this rocking motion from side to side, and that's just like going out and driving on a on a paved county road where you have uh, part of the road that is settled, and you're going to have kind of this rocky road ride back and forth. So we've been able to go in and take care of some of that problem this summer, uh, or I should say through this current renovation. But we're going to have a little bit of that that continues until we work on the roadbed. And that means going in and putting in new foundation in some spots. It also means uh, putting down new ballast. You know, all of that is important in, in holding the train in a in a in a very good position making making that train run down the rail, rails more smoothly so that's what we're working on right now and uh, so this is going to be an ongoing process that's great well and, and having a smooth ride is going to be uh, even better and make it more enticing for people to come out there because it is such a neat opportunity well our goal is to be able to refurbish the track to where it would be able to accommodate a train going 40 miles an hour hmm. Now, let's be really honest. Forty miles an hour from Abilene to Enterprise, we're we're going to be able to say hi, everybody. And before you know it, you're pulling into the Enterprise station, right? So yeah. <laughs> we're still going to go slow. It's just going to be a, a better and safer ride for everybody. Very good. Mm-hmm. And we're speaking with Dr. Steve Smethers here on K-Man's In Focus about the Abilene and Smoky Valley Railroad and uh, things going on there. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about the dinner train and and so much more. Here in a moment on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus, News Radio KMAN. I'm Brandon Peoples. He's Dr. Steve Smethers, and uh, we're talking the Abilene and Smoky Valley Railroad. Uh, they've announced their 2022 season dinner train schedule, and that's kicking off here in the month of May. Uh, now, I've never done the dinner train, but I've heard good things about this. It sounds like a lot of fun. It really is interesting. You know, the, the idea of being able to, to go have dinner on the rails. And to be able to to enjoy the company of people um, who are also dining, it is a it's a restaurant. It's a mobile restaurant. We have area uh, area restaurants catering our, our our dinner trains, and right now we have a couple of restaurants in Abilene that are under renovation, soon to reopen. One of those being the Brookville Hotel and Munson Steakhouse. Yeah. The other being Mr. K's Farmhouse. But we we do have caterers lined up to handle our dinner trains. And uh, one of the things that's, that's happening as a result of our refurbishing the rails is that we get to increase the traffic on the railroad. We're, we're going to be able to run more, rent, more, more trains. And, and that, of course, translates then to, to dinner trains. Um, you know, one, one thing uh, to say about this renovation right now, this is the first major renovation of that track since it was owned by the Rock Island Railroad. And the Rock Island Railroad went out of business in 1980, mm-hmm. and they were never known for refurbishing their track. Yeah. They, they never were known for, for good track maintenance anyway. The Katy Railroad came in and operated on that line for eight years, and that was also a railroad that was uh, infamous uh, for its maintenance, <laughs> let's say. And so this is going to be a season where we're able to do a lot more. And so our dinner trains are actually going to increase in the number. Now, we have uh, three dinner trains scheduled in May. Our Mother's Day brunch 
on May the 7th is a sellout. We have, we have a waiting list for that. And uh, then we have a train the following week. And that is a uh, special event that's, that's happening in Abilene. And uh, finally, uh, we have one on Memorial Day weekend, and that one will have steam power rather than diesel power. We're going to use our steam engine for, for that particular train. So three dinner trains in the month of May. Then we're going to have a Father's Day train. It's going to be a, a prime rib dinner on the 19th of June, and uh, that's going to be a, a, an evening meal. And then finally, we have other dinner trains that have been scheduled for uh, July the 2nd. That will be by steam power as well, because we always dig our, our steam engine out and run it on holiday weekends. And then uh, September the 3rd and then the 1st of October, and that will be a part of the Dickinson County uh, Heritage Days, and that's put on by the County Historical Society. And so we use our steam locomotive for that. And uh, so all in all, we have a lot of dinner trains coming this season. We are featuring the food of local restaurants, and so it's a really a nice, just a nice way to, to, to experience what Abilene has to offer. It really is. No kidding. And what a great opportunity for those restaurants to really uh, get their, uh, you know, their products out there to, That's to right. customers. That's right. And we've had wonderful, wonderful food. We did a, a train on Valentine's Day. Now, that also happened to be on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> we forgot about that when we scheduled the train, and yet we were still sold out with 100 customers. In fact, we had 102 customers on the train that day. And uh, a great meal done by Lucinda's Catering of Abilene. And uh, we have a, our first train coming up is going to be uh, catered by um, – Amanda's Bistro and Bakery uh, in Abilene. And uh, we have other restaurants lined up to, to handle our, our dinner trains the rest of the season. Well, that, that's such a neat thing because I bet you you talk to most people out and about and they've never experienced having dinner on a train. It's something that it's a generational thing. A lot of folks in the early days of rail yeah. experienced that, but, uh, you know, it's not as popular anymore. You know, there was a time in American history, and, of course, this was before we flew and it's before everybody had an automobile, but... There was a time in American history when the way you experienced the quality cuisine was to dine on a train. Mm -hmm. And America's railroads had some of the finest chefs working on their trains because rail dining was such a great experience. So this kind of takes us back to, to those particular days, I guess. Yeah. I guess the only thing missing would be like an old-time radio or something, you know, playing <laughs> yeah. on the train. Well, know? one of the things that we're trying to do is raise money for a new audio system. And the new audio system would allow us to play dinner music while people are dining. Wow, how awesome would that be? Yeah. <laughs> Make it like 1920s sounding, oh. Exactly. The early era, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's really cool. And, and of course, uh, for folks that, you know, want to support the, the, rail, the railroad here in any way, there's... I'm sure there's several opportunities to do that. You know, we do have donations set up to help pay for our track renovation. We, we have another thing coming up that I'll talk about, and that is every 15 years you have to rebuild a steam locomotive. Santa Fe 3415 is approaching its, its uh, 15th year uh, since it was restored. It was taken out of Eisenhower Park in Abilene, People figured out how to make it run, 
And uh, it, it was truly a great community spirit type of thing when that engine rolled down the track for the first time, animated after sitting idle for 40 years. And so Santa Fe 3014 is going to have to have a renovation. And uh, the, the process includes uh, our being able to rebuild the boiler, the flues, all of the things that are going to, over time, wear, possibly rust, and things like that. So all of that has to be redone. So this is going to be our last opportunity to say fully that we're going to be able to run the steam engine. Now, if we raise the money quickly, we're going to be able to just jump right in after the season's over and start working on the engine and have it ready for next spring, the spring of 2023. So we, we of course, will accept donations towards Santa Fe 3415. We also have an opportunity to donate directly uh, toward our, our rails project and uh, our rail refurbishing project. And basically, by coming over and riding, I mean, the revenue that we make from riding the rails is, is immense. Now, one of the other things that we're doing this season, since we're talking about dinner trains, is that for the last three years, probably the most prized possession we have outside of the steam locomotive is our wooden passenger car. It's a wooden day coach that was built for the Missouri-Kansas-Texas Railroad back in 1903. We know that it is one of very few operating, if there are any, in the country that are made out of wood. It is a wooden day coach, and so we've been able to take that car and use it in tandem with the car that we normally use for our dinner trains, which is a uh, remodeled uh, day coach from the Chicago Northwestern Railroad. We've been able to put those together, doubling our dinner train capacity. So in the past, we sold 54 meals, and that was it. Now we can sell 104 meals on our dinner trains. So that increases the opportunity to ride our train. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, by the way, about the wooden passenger car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you own a house, so you know what I'm talking about, the you know wood rots. Mm-hmm. Yep, it does. <laughs> we also had termites in our passenger car. So we had to take that and strip the car and go in and redo the wood. But it's back. There were some structural issues. Those have been fixed. So that car is back on the rails, and it's going to be able to serve our, our passengers once again. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. And, you know, it's neat to – I know this doesn't just happen uh, automatically. You have so many volunteers like yourself. Uh, but if – I, I know there's always a need for volunteers. If people mm -hmm. want to help out, how can they do that? Well, we need people, first of all. If anybody out there has railroad experience, oh, my, that's wonderful. You know, because we need people to take on conductor roles. We need people who can drive the train. Uh, we have a couple of retired engineers who are going to join our staff this year, which I think is, is wonderful. The other thing, though, that we can say is we always need car hosts. That's what I do, mostly. And we also need people who can uh, come in and, and help us run the depot or so many other things. And so if they're interested in doing that, uh, they, can, they can contact the railroad through our, our website and our Facebook site. And uh, they'll be able to do that. Okay, very good. Oh, yeah. by the way, there's one more thing. One more thing I want sure. to mention. We're getting ready to put the news out today. We are going to launch a variety of specialty types of trains this year that we've never done before. And one of them is what we call coffee break on the rails. 
And on the second Tuesday of every month, we're going to have uh, coffee and cinnamon rolls available. You Ooh. just pay a, a normal fee, 20 bucks. And we're going to do kind of a half run out between Abilene and Enterprise and bring people back into town. But it's a great idea for coffee breaks or office parties, um, church groups, school groups, 4-H groups, whatever, to come out and just have kind of a different kind of a summertime morning being on the on the train. So we're getting ready to put that out that information today. Uh, and it's 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 going to be a lot of fun. We have other trains coming up. There is a, for example, a special train we're going to do on the second of August. There's going to be a convention of tourism writers who will be convening in Abilene. What a great place to do that, right? Yeah. So we're going to be using our steam engine that day. On the third of of August, we want to have a rail fan day where we bring in people who've work for railroads, who, are, who love railroads, model railroad enthusiasts. We want everybody to come into Abilene and convene for that. And uh, so we're going to have a lot of specialty types of trains coming up this season. So be sure to listen to KMAN Radio, where you <laughs> always get the news first, or be, be sure to watch your local newspaper or a website near you. All right. Very good. Well, thank you for the free plug there. That's uh, <laughs> wonderful. It's so good to talk to you, and, and we uh, really appreciate you coming on to talk about this. I know it was kind of a last-minute thing, but, uh, you know, you're such a, a delight here in our community, and, and I, I know people love hearing you on the radio. So it's it's wonderful anytime we get a chance to chat with you. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it. Certainly uh, appreciate it. Well, that's going to wrap up our program here for today. Thanks to Dr. Smethers. Thanks to Greg Ryan and uh, Chad Kinsley over in Pottawatomie County for joining us here today. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be talking education. We've got uh, our guests from Riley County and Blue Valley Schools, John Cox, Cliff Williams, the superintendents over there, and uh, Geary County Schools as well. Reginald Eggleston will join us. The rest of the week, Tim Schaefer and Robin Cole Thursday from uh, Pawnee Mental Health Services. And, of course, you know Dr. Schaefer from the K-State uh, Department of Communications over there. Uh, we also will have uh, Ben Jedlica, uh, Potawatomi County, or excuse me, Riley County Game Warden, uh, on with us Friday here and some others to talk outdoors. Stephen?